Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and CMEA markets. It's Tuesday, June 27th, and I'm Phoebe Pinting. Coming up this week, we will be discussing Swedish property group SBB's new deal with Brookfield, which could save it from a messy restructuring with reporter Declan Bush. Then we will dig into the refinancing prospects of Austrian Sensor Solutions Group, AMS Osram, with Deputy Editor Aurelia Sadlhofer. But first, joining me to discuss Orpea is reporter Andrew Ross. Hi Andrew, thanks for joining us. There's been a number of updates published in the past week on the care home operator ahead of votes due today by creditors on the group's restructuring proposal. Yeah, it's been a busy week and we will continue to monitor the company closely as votes come in on the group's restructuring proposal today. But I think uh, one of the big updates from the past week was the release of an independent valuation report on Orpea that estimates the value of the French care home operator in the range of 6 billion euros and 7 billion euros. And um, this report was compiled by Le Dubel at the request of the court appointed administrators as part of the group's accelerated safeguard proceedings. The report also found that in a liquidation, the group is valued in the range of 2.6 billion euros and 3.7 billion euros. So this valuation is is basically it's interesting because it's critical evidence in support of or payers assertion that creditors are better off under the plan than in a liquidation or immediate sale of the group. So the requirement that creditors are no worse off is a key for the company if it wants to force uh, its planned restructuring through to despite the opposition of dissenting creditors, also known as the cross class cram down. So under the draft accelerated safeguard proposal agreed with the steering committee of unsecured lenders or Steerco um, and Casta Depot, which is a French state-owned investment entity, the group's 3.7 billion euro unsecured debt will be equitized and a group including CDC will lead a 1.355 billion euro capital raise that will give them the majority control of or pay it. Okay, speaking of creditor classes, we've been reporting on some litigation around this. Indeed. So last week, the Versailles Court of Appeal in France upheld part of an appeal challenging the composition of creditor classes to vote on Orpea's restructuring plan. This claim was brought by a group of dissenting creditors and shareholders to Orpea, um, also known as the Support Club. Now, the effect of the appeal is to create an additional creditor class comprising lenders with cross holdings in both the secured classes and unsecured classes. As a consequence of the judgment, there are now effectively 10 stakeholder classes. Now, remote voting for creditors closes today. However, there is in-person shareholder meetings uh, scheduled for Wednesday, June 28. Um, Opea has said that votes already cast before the appeal judgment remain valid and the remaining votes will proceed as previously envisaged with votes uh, of the affected parties already cast being reassigned as appropriate. However, the support club of dissenting creditors and shareholders are calling for the voting process to be restarted. So we'll, we'll see how that unfolds as it goes. Okay, so this was only one part of what the support club was appealing? Yeah, the applicants were actually trying to appeal uh, on three other grounds, um, and they were actually unsuccessful on all three. Um, they made a request that the group of six core French bank lenders 
um, should be removed from the secured classes and placed into a class of their own. And they also requested that bondholders should be placed in separate classes of their own rather than in the general unsecured class. And then finally, that convertible bondholders and shareholders be placed in the same class. This appeal was made against a decision on May 15th by the Nanterre Commercial Court, which rejected the challenge uh, on all grounds. Um, so this appeal was uh, heard on June 8th earlier this month. It looks like the support group has also launched litigation in the US. What's going on there? Yeah, so two of Orpea's largest dissenting creditors, Kima Capital and LMR Partners, have filed a 1782 discovery application in a US court against Anchorage and PJT Partners. Uh, Section 7082 of Title 28 of the United States Code allows an interested party to a foreign proceeding to seek US-style discovery of documentary evidence. Kima and LMR seek support for their claims made in French courts that the steering committee um, or steerco of the French care home operators, unsecured lenders, will be arbitrarily enriched by the group's restructuring, which will be implemented under accelerated safeguard. The application really wants to investigate potential collusion between the steerco um, and the conciliator and CDC. Um, also, it wants to uh, investigate alleged sweeteners in the form of fees offered to the Steerco members under the terms of the restructuring agreement in principle and alleged misrepresentation of the level of support for the agreement in principle to financial markets and the AMF, the French market regulators. Thank you very much, Andrew. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience. So please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. Swedish property group SBB has become one of the most topical names in European distress. With its $8 billion debt pile, fall in property prices and a string of bad headlines in recent weeks. But a new deal with Brookfield could save it from a messy restructuring. Declan Bush has been reporting on the company. Declan, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Phoebe. So, what's the latest? SVB has certainly had a bad few weeks. Uh, a group of creditors, as we know, is alleging they breached an interest coverage ratio after they changed the way they reported profits. Another group of long-only bondholders has hired White and Case and PJT to counter those allegations and avoid a default. Uh, the grace period for a breach, if there is one, expires on June 29th, that's this Thursday, and we'll be watching to see if any creditors decide to take action. Um, the company, by the way, is working with Molus and Clifford Chance. Then last week, Sweden's financial regulator, the FSA, said it will investigate whether SBB broke accounting rules when compiling its 2021 accounts. Um, it will also look at property valuations on some of SBB's portfolios, which if we cast our mind back to our short seller report last year, um, that was called into question um, for a long time. A fine from that from any investigation would probably not be big enough to really hurt the company you know, compared to its debt stack, but it's not a good look for a company already in so much distress. So quite a bad few weeks. How does the Brookfield deal change things? Right, so Brookfield and the company said yesterday it's in talks with SBB to buy the other 51% of an SBB subsidiary called Educo, which owns a portfolio of public education buildings. 
they paid Brookfield paid 9.2 billion Swedish krona or about 860 million dollars in November for the other 49%. We don't know how much they'll get for the rest, but based on that previous deal it would be uh, about 9.6 billion krona at face value. Um, but more importantly, it would also see a 14.5 billion krona intercompany loan repaid from Educo to SBB, and this will be a big help for SBB's liquidity. Um, they've already got about five and a half billion in cash on balance sheet now, so the best case estimates, you know, you're looking at 20 to 30 billion krona to cover its 2024 and 2025 bond maturities, which is much better than it's got now. Um, they'll have to be tax, other discounts on the, the purchase price, obviously, that will affect the equity value. But if SBB can get into 2025, it can then bet that interest rates will fall by then enough to potentially let it refinance its 2026s and 2027s. That sounds like good news. Is there a catch? Yes, a lot is still uncertain here. The deal isn't done. We don't know if they'll get the equity coming in, how much, uh, how much cash that will free up. Um, Creditors might sue SBB over the interest covenant. That still has to play out. Um, although, if you look to our reorg analysis, it suggests that the company is probably in the clear there. There's arguments for both sides. You can read more on reorg. Um, you also have to look going forward at inflation and interest rates, how well the value of SBB's property assets hold up. But if the deal goes through, it could make things a lot easier, at least for now. Thank you, Declan. Hi Aurelia. A few high-yield investors have started to look into AMS Osram as the company's bonds are yielding between 11% and 15% as it is facing a 1.5 billion equivalent maturity wall in 2025. Yes, that's right. Investors are weighing the chances of the company being able to refinance its maturities ahead of time. What speaks for and against them being able to refinance and why are the bonds currently under pressure? Well, I would say the negatives are that the company has been burning cash as the business is going through a peak capex period. There is also a put option held by minority shareholders, which, if exercised, could weaken the company's liquidity at a critical point. And the positives, I would say, are that capex could come down ahead of the 2025 maturities. The group has a very comfortable liquidity position in excess of $1.8 billion. And unlike some other companies um, at the moment, which you know pay quite low coupons, AMS Osram is already paying uh, 6% and 7%. So it's pretty close to the average yields paid by B-rated industrials and TMT issuers in the primary market on a year-to-date basis. So if um, AMS Osram were to refinance these two bonds at 9%, for example, interest rate payments would increase by about 34 million which is obviously much less than the increase that some other companies are saying would see at the moment. So um, this could potentially be manageable if cash flow generation improves a lot. It's interesting what you said regarding the put option. How does this work? Yeah, so the put option that's interesting. It relates to an obligation to purchase the non-controlling interest in Osram Lichtergave from minority shareholders. Uh, they can exercise this option at any time and it would cost AMS Osram about 900 million euros. So uh, it's quite a chunk of money. And some people say that um, if it would look like that the company 
may go into restructuring, it could become more likely that investors trigger this option to have their money, basically. Um, which would obviously be not a great, uh, potentially not a great moment in time for the company. Okay. And is there any interest in speculation about how they could pull a refinancing off? Well, of course, a lot will depend on the company's performance this year and next. But some investors commented that perhaps AMS Osram could issue a large amount of convertible bonds or do an equity raise to help refinance its debts. So we'll have to see how um, this story pans out in the end. Join Reorg and Clary Gottlieb, Steen and Hamilton tomorrow for a webinar on the most relevant sanctions impacting international creditors in Russia and abroad, including bond infrastructure issues, licenses and Russian countermeasures. That's navigating the regulatory crossfire. How sanctions impact debt restructurings tomorrow at 2 p.m. BST. On July 5th, Reorg will be speaking to Cobra and Kim for a webinar on Azure Power. We aim to discuss the potential event of default triggers, the delisting process and associated risks for bondholders and possible recovery scenarios and outcomes. Register now for the webinars at reorg.com or email marketing at reorg.com for further information. More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast is available on our website reorg.com. We hope you can join us next week for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening.